Gets this one in the air to right center. Back goes Gonzalez to the warning track at the wall. It's out of here. Daniel Vogelback strikes a two-run homer to get the Mets on the board. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is Thursday, August 25th. The Mets have just gotten dusted out of Yankee Stadium, not swept. It's only two games. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. Joining me from Ohio is my guy, Jerry Belevins. Jerry, how are you doing today, my man? I'm good. Is it, it is a sweep, though. Even though it's only two, I don't count it either. <laughs> but uh, we did get dusted up, though, that's yeah. for sure. It only counts when we do it. If we take the two games, then it's a sweep. That's just how the rule works. Uh, Hey, I'm for it. Yeah, back-to-back, four-to-two losses. I was at game two. Incredibly frustrating game to watch. Uh, The Mets had 13 at-bats of runners in scoring position. Uh, They failed to convert many, many times. Pretty tough Subway series, but I guess it's kind of fitting because we took the first two, so the Yankees take the second two. Kind of sets up the uh, the Subway Series World Series a little bit more now that we're you know even keel five hundred, put the stakes there. Uh, well, that yeah, that's definitely one way to look at it. That's how I'm <laughs> rationalizing it in my brain. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I think I couldn't. I don't, I don't think the this off day has been more needed by this team in a while. So they, yeah. I'm sure, we're excited to have that off day and ready to get back to work. I believe they played, what was it, 27 games in 26 days or okay, something like that? I think that's exactly right because uh, that's the number that popped into my head. Um, it's got to be right. That's a lot. Plus, you know, it's August. August is the dog days. Yeah. It's uh, it's a tough time of year. But this was uh, this was what could have been uh, planting a flag into New York City for the Mets instead we got a lot of mixed weird stuff it was Degrom getting pushed back which is yeah. never a great sign but it's not worrisome to me um and then we lost two games yeah and so, i mean you know it was so peculiar after the great sunday game where the bats really came alive they made three comebacks scored 10 runs and then they just went quiet against what you really consider the bottom part of the yankees rotation uh, we're going to go through it kind of quickly because, you know, it's kind of a dud, not too much great Met stuff to uh, recall here. But we also have a fun listener mailbag today. So you guys. Asked yeah, us a lot of that's questions what I'm excited about. We're going to get Twitter. to a lot of a lot of Twitter comments. So that's good. I'm going to let you control all of yeah. that because, yeah, you you're you're the, the captain of this ship. I'll be the, you're uh, the, the, you're the captain now. So, I am the captain. Now. Even yeah. though you're rocking a, a Baltimore Orioles hat, which I'm a I, actually, yeah, I got the Shea Station shirt though. So me too. I put there my Shea go. Station shirt Shop on today. and I got the I got the mug. But yeah. I do like um, the Orioles hat. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm a big. I'm a part time Orioles fan now. Ever since I went to Camden Yards, absolutely Here, loved it. Oh, it's beautiful. Here, here's my theory mm. about some baseball teams that share regional baseball teams. Okay, the New York Mets. The Oakland Athletics, the Chicago White Sox, and the Baltimore Orioles are all the blue-collar, hard-working brother or sister to the shining, you know, beacon on the other side. And that would be Giants, Cubs, Yankees. The Giants, the Cubs, the Yankees, and the Baltimore and the the. Nationals, Nationals, a little bit of a stretch, sure, but definitely Orioles are like blue collar, you know. No, I like that a lot, and I feel like there's some sense of unity among those teams. I I feel that with the Orioles, especially now, especially because they're having this great season, a lot of Orioles fans in the office actually believe it or not. Are and you've made me a partial A's fan for sure, just through. Well, I appreciate that. I've learned a lot. Yeah, man, it's uh. They, they're tough right now. It's tough yeah, to be an A's fan at any point. You today. and Peter like, were sounding off in that group chat. I just oh read it this boy. morning. Yeah, we bad. were tearing up the A's and the Pirates. Peter, you see Peter's tweet about the Pirates yesterday? Yeah. That was nasty. I'm proud of him. That was nasty. Just coming out swinging, Peter. <laughs> Peter's gotten, ever since the month, the calendar turned to August, Peter's just, he's changed. We were in the office and Peter Moylan attacked us for no reason. Unprovoked. Like he was, he was like, uh, his 
podcast partner, Kelsey Winger, was a little <laughs> bit late getting set up. And he's like, hey, Maddie Mass, he brought the laptop over to talk to us and just immediately attacked us like he was this, <laughs> you know, futuristic, you know. I was like, oh, I'm excited. He wants to say hi. Mm-hmm. No, he's like, what are you guys doing? Like, why are you so terrible? I was like, Peter, why are you so angry? And Maddie had no idea what was going on. Maddie <laughs> thought it was good intentions. He brought us in and then he was... I think the watching the Pirates play baseball put him in a bad mood. So. I think so. I think quite literally it did. I don't blame him. All right, let's get into these recaps. Let's get into it. Let's absolutely speed through them because I don't want to recall these games. They're brutal. All right, game one. That's my game as always. I haven't had a game one win in what seems like two weeks, but... Oh, it's such a tough season. I know. It's such a hard life for me. Uh, Marte, he grounds into a first inning ending double play to erase Nimmo's leadoff hit by pitch. The Yankees, who are slumping going into the series, they scratched out a win against the Jays, but were losers of three or four. They got an early run on a sacrifice fly with a close play at the plate. A nice throw by Marte. Just missed Benintendi on a good slide. Yeah, that was big for the Yankees because they haven't been scoring a lot of runs recently, so getting that first inning run was pretty big. And then after Scherzer struck him out in the first inning, Aaron Judge finally gets to Max Scherzer with a third inning solo home run, catches that fastball. Uh, the Mets go eight up, eight down against uh, Domingo Herman through the fourth inning uh he was dealing a little bit a lot of short at bats for the mets just kind of hitting into a lot of hard outs as well uh in the fourth nemo and lindor both singled with one out but alonzo hits into an inning ending double play you're going to see a lot of that in the series just a lot of rallies kind of killed by poorly timed double plays uh later on in the fifth uh ikf and benintendi trade fifth inning doubles they get another run it's three nothing yanks uh james mccann who kind of had a brutal at bat in the in the third inning i believe just went down on three pitches on a bad slider he comes back he works a 13 pitch at bat for a single a uh, great at bat by him but he gets stranded in the sixth uh herman is still cruising through the seventh he's got one out uh he gets alonzo to pop up to second base and then shades of luis castillo from all those years ago the yankees let that easy pop-up drop and it kind of ruins Herman's night because the very next pitch is Dan Vogelbach taking him deep to right center to make it a one-run game. That knocks out Herman and it gives life to the Mets. And maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe another comeback win for the Mets, you know, filed under the category because we already have like 10 or 12 this year. Uh, but Max Scherzer has a pretty tough seventh inning. He ends his night with six and two-thirds innings, four in runs, seven hits, one walk, three strikeouts on 101 pitches. Uh, the backbreaker was Benintendi's two-out RBI single, and then Judge followed up with another single after that. That ended Scherzer's night. And the Mets really couldn't get anything going against Ron Marinaccio, who's been really, really good this season for the Yankees. He was up and down at AAA for some reason, but he's up now for good. And then Jonathan Luizaga, who's also having a pretty tough year, but he uh, looked like he returned to form a little bit against us. Um, much quiet night for the Mets they get one at bat with runners in scoring position they go four for 30 as a team and besides that home run they had nothing cooking they lose four to two in game one yeah um a lot there Domingo Armand for the Yankees looked really good it was the sharpest I've ever seen him he had that he had a really good curveball working um Vogelback with a huge homer huge homer that yeah. felt like a moment uh, he had some, he had some like pizzazz. He had a little, little you know, a little, little pop pep to his step coming around. He had some, you know, little, he's, he's kind of like twitchy, quick twitchy. I think he's bit. just he's really, always like, he's jiving a little bit. Yeah. He's, but he, he was coming around first. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that felt like a moment, but uh, Scherzer wasn't that sharp. Yeah. But he wasn't terrible. It wasn't, you know, he still pitched pretty dang well. I yeah. mean, considering he didn't have his, you know, he only had three strikeouts. Which is when I read that, I was like, did I mess that, that up? Shows you, that, that shows you the kind of stuff he had. Yeah. Um, there was a, an Aaron Judge showed us who he is because yeah. he shares her through like a, not a terrible pitch. And, and in the first matchup in the first Subway series, um, Scherzer owned him with that slider. Yeah. And it looked like he was sitting on it. And so he tried to sneak a fastball. It was low and he went down and got it, man. A yeah. guy can hit. Yeah, um, really outside can. of that, man, runners in scoring position, you know, kind of the theme. So pretty Fun game two for you. Fun game yeah. two. Game two. That was game two. We got Taiwan Walker coming back after the two inning, you know, pulled himself because of back spasms. We were a little worried there going up against Frankie Montas, who has been absolutely terrible for those Yankees uh, since he'd been traded over. 
night and day from the A's version. Mm. Uh, the A's have him on the ropes in the first. The A's. The Mets have him on the <laughs> ropes in the first. And this was the game to me. They strand those two runners. They have him on the ropes again in the second and don't get him in. He settles in quite nicely and returns to form a bit. Um, and on the other end, Taiwan Walker was doing, you know, pitching great, looking good. Uh, very exciting to see him back. Um, but uh, he runs into a very similar situation than Max mm-hmm. did in the first game. He runs into Aaron Judge. He throws a 3-2 pitch that's not a terrible pitch, but he decided to challenge him with the fastball. Out of his hand, he was not happy with it because Judge absolutely crushes it. Um, And he was mad at himself, and he let the game speed up on him. He talked about it. The home run threw him off balance a little bit because he's like, that's so dumb. And then he wanted to just try to get back into the dugout. Uh, He ended up getting a couple of rallies together and walked in a run, which is very Mm un-Taiwan-like. But he settled down, got the final out with the bases loaded, uh, and he looked pretty good. He went five innings, gave up two earned runs. He goes the the solo shot, and then he walked a guy in on four hits, two walks, three Ks, 81 pitches. Um, But the the Mets had a chance to win. Um, Marte singles home Canna in the fifth. Uh, then Beatty gets gunned out at home by uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, who makes an absolutely perfect throw. Yeah. Um, and then a good play at home to, to scoop and, and tag him out. I like the send there. Uh, McNeil knocks Montas out in the sixth with a game-tying double to bring home uh, Pete Alonso. Uh, that makes 16 out of 20 career games against the Yankees that Jeff McNeil has hit safely. Uh, but Joely Rodriguez comes in, gives up the insurance run in the seventh. We got singles from Oswaldo, Trevino, and Benintendi to make it 3-2. Adovito comes in and gets a two-out RBI single to Judge on a backup slider. Um, He gets Glaber to fly out with the bases loaded to end the jam. The Mets get two on with nobody out in the eighth. Felt like a little rally there, uh, but a huge double play, two huge double plays on the day. It was a Vogelback double play and a Nito double play where they were both the slowest humans on the planet. It was the <laughs> slowest double play turn I've ever seen. Um, but they got a, the Yankees got a really good performance by Clark Schmidt coming out of the bullpen. He goes three strong, tries to close it out in the ninth. The Mets rally a little bit. And uh, Wandy comes in and against the hot Lindor, Wandy made perfect pitches. I was yeah. very impressed with Wandy coming in like that. Uh, he gets a slider for a strike that's borderline inside to Lindor. So they called it a strike. Beautiful. He backfoots one that Lindor swings over. Uh, Lindor takes one, and then he throws a nasty changeup away that Lindor somehow fouls off. And then Lindor gets another changeup and pops it up to center. I don't know how Lindor fouled those pitches off and then put that one into play because I was very impressed with Wandy there. Uh, but the Mets go two for 13 with runners in scoring position. Hit into two slow motion back breaking double plays uh Vogel, Lindor, Canna, Marte and McNeil all leave runners on with two outs a tough loss for the Mets they lose four to two and this one was handed to them on a platter and much yeah. like the game uh against Philly where Bailey Falter um wanted to give the game away in the first they let Frankie Montas out of the first and second and they lose yeah I mean Great recap as always. Uh, game one kind of felt like we got outplayed a little bit. I think the bloop and the blast let us back into the game and made it closer than it should have been. Uh, this was a game that was incredibly winnable for the Mets, and it was probably my least favorite game I've attended this year, even though the crowd was electric. I had a great time with my friends. Um, it was just a bummer of the game. So many rallies. The Vogelback, I know Vogelback's playing with kind of a tight hammy right now. He's playing through it, uh, but man, he did not get down that line wall. get off I the mean, field for me get off yeah, the field if you're not if you're not able to to run that ball out nito's just slow yeah we know <laughs> he's that. a catcher yeah. he's a catcher but vogelback man if you can't if you can't run you're if you're on if you're about to hurt yourself that bad yeah get get off the field because like i i could speed walk and i uh, could have <laughs> ran that ball out i'd actually like to see that race That'd be dude good. you have no idea that's like a you know a secret talent 
You got I long strides. I can do some really weird things. Like yeah. I haven't ridden a unicycle in probably 25 years, but I, I bet I could, you could do it. Give me three minutes and I could probably do it. <laughs> My neighbors had one when I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, and race walking. I am a Olympic <laughs> level race walker. It's a God-given talent right there. Really <laughs> it's these hips, dude. <laughs> it's the smooth, it's the smooth slide uh, hips. I liked what you said about Wandy. He looks really good. Uh Lindor's foul ball that nearly was a double to tie the game crushed me uh took away my last breath as a fan screaming in the stands uh clark schmidt looked really good don't know why they had him buried he, he didn't look that good to be honest really he, he, got a, so? he left some absolute hangers up uh, there right. they swung at the like he he did a great job sure. like he did a great job but he i tip my cap to him but the mets who if we're if we're all season we we destroy him yeah because he left some backup breakers right in the heart of the plate and we decided to take and then swing at the other ones like it's hitting's hard yeah um he pitched well his line was awesome he saved them because they had nobody in their bullpen right i think it would have been chapman yeah it would have been chapman and they tried they stretched him he had he two outs in the ninth he cruised through the hole you know he needed one more out to get um the, to finish yeah. the game. Hold on a sec. Okay, I just heard a screaming child. I want to make sure it wasn't screaming <laughs> tears. It's actually uh, a ghost. But it's probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that in. That's that's real parenting. Um, my uh, my mom and my brother are up watching the boys. My wow. wife's actually in New York right now. We passed, really? We passed each other in the air. What's she doing there uh, without you? So she has a, she's doing a thing um, that it started... She's called Prom Series. Oh, okay. And um, Michael Conforto's wife, Cabernet, um, Daniel Murphy's wife, Tori, mm. um, Brandon Nemo's wife, Chelsea. And they they all get together and they give some underprivileged um, girls. They doll them up, get them dresses, get them ready for, for a prom, that kind that's of thing. Awesome. It's kind of expanded. That's how it started. It's bigger yeah. than that now, but that's what they're doing. She'll be back tomorrow, but she's been in New York. We literally, I left at 10 a.m. She left at 10 a.m. And we we passed each other in the air. That's extremely sweet. I really like that. Pretty cool. When we waved. We yeah, didn't yeah, see yeah, you guys saw each other. yeah, you guys actually were like, right. That's safe, right? Planes can do that. It's yeah. fully normal, actually. Um, these Apple choices are um, kind of brutal. Or I'll tell you what. Great. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to punt. You think you're going to punt? Yeah, I don't think anybody deserves an apple. Like, like we don't have answer. to give out an apple. Yeah, you know what? There's no contract obligation. Yeah. Right? We're not. It's I'll not give you, I, I want to give one like to Lindor, who has been so good. Yeah. Every game he gets knocks, but uh, I'm not going to give one because that was crappy. Yeah. Just a crappy two-game set in the Bronx. Yeah, that was gross. Nobody deserves anything. When's the last there's time no you par- were There's no participation trophies for apples no. here. No, no, sir. These are fresh apples. We only give them away to deserving people. Right? <laughs> When's that? When was the last time you've been to Yankee Stadium? By the way, um, has it been a while? 2018, probably. Okay, so it's been a it's been a little bit for you. Yeah. Um. I cannot believe how difficult it is to get into that stadium. My drive there. You mean was as at when you're there to get as an in attendee? It. Yes. Never been as an attendee. I get, um, you know, police escorts. <laughs> yeah. And when you're with the team, you know, even though I would take the train up, uh, yeah. I'd sneak in. You know, use my ID through the security. So I never really had an issue for there. It's People difficult. People were breaking down barricades. They were climbing over fences just to like. Why? Because it was slow moving getting into the stadium. It was bottlenecking getting into the physical line of going up and down the gates. People couldn't even get into that line because there were so many barricades up. To the point that people were just taking the barricades down and sort of just charging the gate. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty intense, but it was kind of fun actually. A little bit. We broke the rule. It's not counting as breaking the rules if everybody else does it. That's that's my philosophy there. So. I that's it. the that's the is that the january 6th approach that you're talking I don't, about i'm don't don't put that in quotations actually never mind okay we have derailed by the way we have derailed my yeah we're all what we're happens when we let's, lose to the yankees let's bring it back here do you all want right. me to do do you want me to do you want me to do <laughs> the uh preview you know what before you do a preview jerry can i tell can i tell you who it's brought to you by 
Hey, you almost needed. I almost this. need it because I think people are going to come after me and I'm going to need a lawyer for my quotes, for what I say in the media. And I'm going to hire Siegel Law Firm. Get your legal from Siegel, guys. They've been great to us. We love Siegel Law Firm here. The New York City-based personal injury and civil rights law firm. I'm injured because of my comments, and that's obvious. They truly care about their clients, though, regardless of what they say. So they care about me. They have what they like to call a Jerry Blevins type approach. Where, they, where their primary concern is extreme client attention. I see Jerry Maguire every time. I see Jerry Blevins in my brain every well, time. Well, we're very similar. Very, it's the same yeah. thing. Yep. There is a misconception that you cannot afford a lawyer. It's not true. There's no cost to consult with Siegel Law Firm and no out-of-pocket costs when they handle your case. You don't pay a dime, a penny, a nickel until they recover for you. And then you share that dime, penny, nickel with them in that recovery. There's nothing to lose. Don't disqualify yourself from a case for no reason. It's always worth a call to Siegel Law Firm. Their number is 646-810-3337 or visit them at siegel-lawfirm.com to get the legal support that you need. That's siegel-lawfirm.com. And Jerry, we got a nice, easy four gamer with the lowly Colorado Rockies. Yeah, I think that's the key. The Mets are looking to kind of right the ship. They've had a rough go of it. It's been a very, very tough portion of their uh, schedule. The Braves are a game and a half breathing down the Mets' necks. Um, They have had a pretty easy go of it, minus us and the Astros, but they showed what they can do against both. Uh, They're a very good team. But this is the stretch, you know, outside of the Dodgers, we have a good run. But this is game one of a four-game set. Uh, there's a little guy pitching named Jacob DeGrom. Have you ever heard of him? Nope. He's pitching off extra, extra rest because he knew you were coming to the game and said, I don't want to pitch for Jolly. Uh, he decided to get a couple of days extra rest, which I think is smart considering who that guy is. Game one, he's 2-1 and one with a 2-3-1 ERA going up against Ryan Feltner. Who exactly? 2-4 and four <laughs> with a 5-8-8 ERA. No Met has ever faced Feltner before because you've never heard of him. But Randall Gritchick <laughs> has faced Jacob DeGrom before. He is one of the few guys in this world can say, kind of own him. 4 for 11 with two bombs off of DeGrom. Damn. Yes, I know Jacob DeGrom knows that, and he will be challenging him. That'll be a fun little matchup to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's... Versus Colorado in his career, pretty darn good. Five and one in 61 and a third innings pitched. He's got a 117 ERA and a 0.77 whip. That Very is nice. crazy ridiculous, but also in line with just the ground. Yeah. That is game one. Game number two, Chris Bassett, 11 and seven with a 326 ERA going up against somebody I do know, Chad Cool, six and seven with a 516. Had a little bit of a slide. He's dealing with some concussion issues, which is. Never fun. I wish him all the best with the brain activity. But Bassett, this August, has been secretly spectacular. He's 4-0 in 26 innings pitch. He was only given up two earned runs, which is a nice .69 ERA. Mm. He's got 21 strikeouts to four walks in that span. That is game number two. Game number three, David Peterson. 6-4 with a 3-4-4 ERA, making his second consecutive start since the uh, Cookie Carrasco injury and Taiwan, I guess, if you want to go there. Going up against Kyle Friedland. I also know you, Kyle Friedland. He's seven and eight with a four nine three uh, in his career against Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff is three for twelve with a homer off of him. Peterson has made two August starts. He's one and one. You got ten innings pitched, three earned runs, eleven Ks, five walks. Been pretty good. Hasn't had a chance to extend it. This might be his shot. Depending on if the offense gives him some breathing room, I would like to see Buck let him slide. Yeah. But Kyle Freeland on the other side of the rubber is last three starts, 16 and two-thirds, 14 earned runs, 10 Ks to six walks. That's not very good. That is game number three. Game number four, this guy named Mad Max Scherzer coming off his start in New York against the Yankees. Uh, he's nine and three with a two-three-three ERA. He's going up against Herman Marquez, another Herman. Battle of a, a German guys, uh, six and ten with a five-two-two this season for Erman. After a dominant eight-stretch start, Scherzer has hit a skid. Uh, a skid? Mm, yes, a skid. He's two starts. He's uh, thirteen innings pitch at a whopping eight earned runs, only eleven Ks and four walks. I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, Marquez has gone six-plus innings in every start since July. He's fifty-five and two-thirds innings and a four-two ERA. And a 777, that's a good number in Vegas, OPS against, which is, you know, 
decent. He's doing pretty good. That is your four-game set versus the Colorado Rockies. I hope they wear – oh, they can't wear their uh, City Connect because they're not in no. their city. But I actually do like their City Connect. Yeah, I like the green too. I, it took me a little bit to warm up to it, but I like it now. Awesome. Yeah, man. It's like fun, fun stuff. But that's Free our four-game set right there. That's a, a four-game set set up to sweep. Yeah. I mean, set we got to get we got to get fat. It's we got to get fat. This weekend, I can't all right? get fat. All right. I know Impossible. you can. I can manage to get fat. All right. It's pretty uh, easy for me, believe it or it's not. It's going to catch up to me at some point. Yeah. But you know, you're, you've had, you've had a pretty good go of it. I'd say. Yeah. I'm married. I've got kids now. I'm just going to grow a yeah, belly. Where's so your, you need a dad ball. gut. Where's your dad gut? You don't have one. Oh. Are you a real dad? What else do I need to be official dad? <laughs> I think that's it actually. The air monarchs. Yeah. Maybe that actually. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the Braves are welcoming – oh, no, they're going to St. Louis to face the Cardinals who have opened up a huge lead in the NL Central. They've been hot. Um, and the Mets, they haven't played Colorado since April, I believe. It's been a while since we went there. I think when we went there, it snowed, so we missed the first game. That was fun. Uh, but the Mets, they have DeGrom, they have Bassett, and they have Scherzer all going in a set, which means you'd love to take all of those games, and hopefully you see a nice outing from Peterson. Peterson didn't have his sharpest stuff in Philly, but I'm hoping you know he'll get his feet under him a little bit this time. Do you read some of your notables? Go through those because uh, there's some really good pieces in there. Sure, absolutely. Well, the biggest one for me is the Mets having the easiest schedule for the remainder of the season. I kind now, of I brushed know, up on it, but you, you, I see here in the notes that you dive. Like this is this is pulled from uh, Tim Healy on Twitter, I believe. Um, so shout out to Tim; he's awesome. Um, but he is awesome. We don't. I don't love to be like, oh, this schedule is easy. We should win all these games. But the Mets have far and away the easiest strength of schedule of any MLB team heading into the final month. It's a 446 opponents winning percentage, which means, you know, they're losing I sub, believe, 500 11, teams. sub 500 team losing 11 to 20 games. The Braves are not far behind at 477. That's 23rd overall, but the Braves sprinkled in their September schedule, have a series with the giants, have a series with the Mariners, have a series, have two series with the Phillies. So it's not completely easy. Whereas the Mets, their only real challenge coming up is our next set with the Dodgers. And after that, it's smooth sailing until you face the Braves again. So the Mets have a really big opportunity to gain some ground or just hopefully keep pace and maintain this small lead that we have. Um, we mentioned Vogelback playing through some hamstring discomfort. Also, we didn't get a chance to do it because kind of these games were a dud. Um, but Seth Lugo is having a pretty incredible second half, I think, very quietly for the Mets because Otto's been great and Diaz has been Diaz. Seth Lugo has returned to form after kind of a shaky May, has a 1.98 ERA in the second half. Hitters are batting just 200 against him. Right he here. looks fantastic. He's throwing the heck out of the ball. His curveball is consistent and sharp. He has solidified himself also trevor may he only faced one batter but it was a big one and yeah. he looked really good he yeah. put the ball where he wanted to it had that zip on it i think he touched 97 um that's a positive sign he's got he's got some time to to lock himself in we need we're gonna need trevor may yeah that's I, our biggest weakness is is slotted in behind edwin diaz you know yeah. that's where we're gonna be you know pressed the most the teams yeah. are going to want to try to get to our relievers. I think I'm hesitant to call Ottavino the eighth inning guy just because Buck has figured out that he's been really good with inherited runners. So it's kind of you need to use Otto when that situation. But he has itself. been consistently the most reliable yes, of the guys sure. in the back. But think, Lugo's back and yeah. he looks great. Um, and if yeah, just looks, one of these other guys, if it's McGill when he comes back, Joely, Joely had a good run, and then he's looked kind of shaky. I know it's just there's never a consistent. Yeah, that's the hard month out of these guys. Drew's coming back, so it might be him. Drew was playing with some injuries before that's you know, it. he went down. We're gonna need Drew Smith uh, to step in and strike some fools out like he has been. Yeah, uh, he's gonna be you know counted upon. There. So there's two, this is what I kind of always talk about being a reliever. Sure. There's two abilities that you need and that make you a great reliever. And these are two things that I took to heart. Uh, availability, mm. which is just being ready for that phone to ring, being able to answer that phone on a day-to-day basis. When they call your name, be ready every day. And the other one is reliability. And that is, even though you're not Edwin Diaz, give a consistent performance you're going to get beat sometimes but as long as you're sharp and your stuff looks good and you're consistent 
you're you're reliable because the manager knows what you're going to get. The fans understand when you come into a ball game, it's not a coin flip on if you're going to walk the bases loaded, you're going to leave balls over the middle. You know, again, sometimes you're going to get beat, but those are the two best abilities of a reliever, availability and reliability. And that's the one thing, the big one that a lot of these guys don't have is reliability. It's been this. Yeah. So that's, that's been tough, but We've got Lugo on the way up. We got May behind him, kind of on his way up, dealing with health. Uh, and Adovino's been the guy because, you know, he's been great. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned, so I loved what you said, first of all. And I, it's been weird because a lot of these guys have been available. We've gotten remarkably healthy seasons out of our bullpen outside of Drew Smith, basically. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Tommy, Tommy Hunter, Tommy who's Hunter, late right. showing, but he's, right. you know, he's dealing with I thought he would be back by now. I, yeah. I think he's on a similar timeline to Drew, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it just it's so interesting that we got out of, you know, I think like maybe a week before spring training kicked in, because I remember we slotted in his PPP pretty late. Got him on like a one-year, $4 million deal, and he's been well worth that price, way above it as well. Um, just a nice like key last-minute signing by the Mets, because I don't know where this bullpen would be without Adam Adovino, you know, bridging Adam the Adam gap Adam. between the middle and the Edwin Diaz. So. Adam Adovino. Adam Adovino. Adam out the league. He said, I don't know where the bullpen would be without Adam Adovino. Try saying it five times fast. Quick. No, I'm going to pass. Uh, yeah. Uh, a couple more notes that you had. I think that's a good talk. Um yeah. Nito, the best bonner I've ever seen, maybe? Apparently. People yeah. got mad that we we talked about that on Twitter, believe it or not. What do you mean? Our, our socials guy, Ryan, put out a tweet that Nito leads in sack bunts. And a lot of people were like, this isn't a good thing. We want Why is that hit. not a good thing? I mean, I don't know. he's not JT Real Muto, but no, if you're – You, know, you got to play small ball on occasion. People saying. hate. People don't like small ball. You're hitting 300. I don't want to hear about it. That's a positive, yes. man. Especially against, you know, when he's playing the Yankees and he's got Rizzo sprinting into his face and he hits a slider and he was able to move it into a position to still advance the runners. Uh, That's impressive. He's also just not the guy I would pick out to lead the league and sacrifice bunts. I think it's interesting. I agree, especially since he wasn't an everyday player kind of guy. Um, But it's it's know your role, man. Know what your abilities and help the team any way you can. And that's impressive. Jerry, do you think you're ready for some uh, some questions from our audience? Oh, let's hit it. I'm let's ready. Freaking do it, man! All right. So the most frequent. So we we posted like an hour ago, and we got a crazy amount of responses. So we're not going to be able to get to everybody, unfortunately. But thank you guys for asking questions. Uh, the most common one I got, and it's one I told you about before the show, because we got to know why isn't Jerry Blevins on the old timers day roster what's going on uh yeah um i didn't get invited i don't know why got lost in the um, mail like what, what the i don't know man? i don't know i i think it's jay horowitz who's yeah. in charge the the i love jay he's the alumni guy he set up all this i never got the call i would have gladly been a part of it but uh i didn't make the cut i guess i'm not uh good enough or much i don't know but I uh I, don't know, I know man. Jay. I know for a fact that there's a lot of people mad at Jay Horowitz. I guarantee you he's getting some like WTF sent his way. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to pile onto it, but next time I see him, I'll be like, what the hell, Jay? Yeah, man. It's warranted. So, I don't I know. See, I would have uh... loved to have been a part of it. I guess. I don't know. I mean, Blevins versus Daniel Murphy again with that curveball, you know, the classic Mets Nationals days in 2016. Would have been kind of high. I prefer I, I prefer the United Daniel Murphy and Jerry yeah, Blevins. We went to the fair. World Series, that's even fair. though I I was a perfect had a perfect season in seven innings there, yeah. uh, short lived. But that yeah. one came from our I don't guy know, man. Uh, I would have loved to have been a part of it, but I I didn't get the invite. That's right. And I'm not going to lobby for myself. I'm not. No, you can't do. that. I'm not going to do know? that. I know that would be gross. All right, let's get into some more Mets focused ones. You had your time in the light, Jerry. We got we got to move on. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. Deal. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. It comes from Sean uh, at so called Sean on Twitter, and it's something I haven't really thought about, but just because it's been kind of a whirlwind couple of weeks. Uh, what do you think Brett Brady's role will become on the team after Escobar and Guillaume come back? Does he have a role? Would he make the postseason roster? There's a lot of variables there, so I'm curious. Yeah, I think he goes back to AAA. Um, I think this was a great run. You know, he had a chance to get his feet wet, fill in, kind of showcase what he got, get a taste of what it's like to be in the big leagues. Um, And most importantly, for a young guy at 22 years old, uh, um, 
a high prospect like that, he got to play. You can't just come up and sit on the bench. Uh, that's not helping your your career. That's not your advancing your skills. He needs at bats. He needs ground balls. We saw some polished approach, but he's susceptible to some things. Uh, we saw defensively that he's good, but he's got he needs some more reps, and so he's not on the roster for me in the postseason. Um, but I really was impressed with what I've seen so far. Uh, he got a good taste of the big leagues and go back down and keep getting that bats. Yeah, I think I wholeheartedly agree there. Um, I think the scouting report on the defense was pretty accurate. It's solid at times and shaky at other times, and that's perfectly normal for a really young kid. And he got his moments too, which was awesome. A big two-run single in Philly. He had the home run in Atlanta. I think that's pretty much anything you can ask for for a guy that had to kind of step up for a couple of weeks. But I don't think he's ready, and I think he's certainly capable of better in the future. He's just, he just needs a little bit more time developing. Um, yeah. But, you, you know, lightning you got, in a bottle. You got to, to know what it feels like. So next time you get called up, it won't be, you know, the bright lights too much. And so yeah. you'll be able to, to get settled in and – go about your business so that, it was a great experience for him that was perfect this one's from dyk sauce on instagram if you're buck showalter would you ever consider moving nimmo out of the leadoff spot because he's either slumping or has not been drawing as many walks uh, at this point no mm-hmm. um he unless he like completely slumps and you have to bench him you know what i mean if he's not yeah. hitting at all uh, that's a different story, but as long as he's still got a polished approach, I think, I think I, I let him play, man. He's the team has been winning. He's been yeah. every time he's in there, he's leading off. So, um, it ain't broke. Don't fix it, man. Let him, let him play. Yeah. I, I think would we, like to see him draw more walks, but yeah. also, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine with, with how he's been playing. He's the, the, the Mets have been scoring in the first inning, like a billion times. Probably I have no data I haven't looked it up, but I feel like they have to lead the lead all baseball in like runs in the first inning. I can probably find that for you, but I think I agree. We talked a little bit in uh, the preseason about potentially Marte maybe leading off and Marte playing center. And obviously the Mets kind of had a plan there Um, and it's worked completely well. I mean, Nimmo did have a kind of a tough July, August swing, but it looks like he's sort of finding his stroke again. So I don't think uh, there's too much reason to change that there. Uh, this one comes from, and I liked this one a lot. If I can find it, uh, I just saw it. I don't know where it went and I want to get this guy's name, but he did ask us once I find his name, I'll read it out. Say the Mets win their division. Everything goes well. We keep the Braves behind us and we get the first round by we're currently slated to play the winner of a Padres and Cardinals set. Who would you prefer to be the opponent in the NLDS out of those two teams? Who would I prefer? Yeah. Uh, I don't care. Oh. That's out of your control. That's a player <laughs> answer. That's a player answer. It's, it's stuff that you you can't worry about. You try to win your division, and if you don't, then you have an opponent. So you don't worry about the other teams as a player. I mean, if I had to choose, uh, which I wouldn't, you know, we're not picking seeds. Uh, yeah. I would take the Cardinals. Interesting. Simply because I don't want to have to face – you know, Joe Musgrove and Manaya and Snell. Uh, I'd rather face whoever's going to be pitching for the Cardinals. I don't even know. Wainwright, uh, he's been yeah, good. Yes. Wayno, Jack Clarity's not. Clarity's done. Like Monty. Uh, he's over Jordan there now. Montgomery, maybe. I don't know. But I'd rather, fa- you know, starting pitchings. Uh, that's why we have Scherzer and DeGrom. So yeah. I guess if I had to choose there, but uh, bottom line is I'm not worried about the playoff matchups yet. Gotcha. I like that. I kind of expected that, you know, you're a renowned competitor makes sense. I think I'm probably in the Padres boat just because I, you know, they have that heart of the order. That's pretty tough and they have great starting pitching. Um, But it's sort of like, I think the Mets kind of have a chip on their shoulders. Padres are one of the few teams that were actually able to beat us this year Uh, in both sets. We went two and four against them. And I think that uh, if I'm if I'm a Mets player, I'm kind of hungry to get one more crack at them and uh, beat them when it matters the most. And that came from RJ Schmidt, 18 on Instagram. So thank you to him for that question. Um, let's see what else we have here. Oh, this is a good one as well. So Mets return to health. They got everybody in the rotation healthy. Everyone's feeling good. Taiwan's back. Cookie's back. Perfect world. You have game one through three. You have DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett. 
and then game four rolls around. Say that you can't throw either of the top two guys on short rest. Who are you giving the ball to, Carlos Carrasco or Taiwan Walker? Uh, I don't think it's that simple. I think it's David mm. Peterson's in the conversation Whoa, too as a lefty. I really like what I've seen from Peterson. Okay, uh, You're hoping for five solid innings out of that fourth spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Taiwan has carried our, our rotation at times, our team. He's been great, but if he's given up homers, uh, that's tough. Cookie Carrasco yeah. has been kind of a little bit of up and down, but he's pitched great. And I like what I've seen out of him and he's got an incredible track record in the postseason. So if he's sharp, I, I like going to him, but if it's like a Dodgers heavy lefty, heavy lineup, I don't mind having Peterson come in face the lefties. He's got that slider to righties too. That's been dominant. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I like all three of our options. If you have to go four deep. Okay. I don't know. I feel like the stage might be a little big for Peterson. I mean, that's, it's a tall task. And I I definitely think that Peterson should be involved in some capacity on this postseason roster. I think he's earned it. I think he's a valuable lefty to have there. Um, But I just think I love playoff experience and i know there's no quantifiable science to being you know saying if this guy's pitched in the playoffs before he's he gives you a much better shot but i just cookies pitched in the world series you know he pitched into deep playoff runs in cleveland and it's been a while since he's been back there for sure but i think i i prefer the experience over everything else even if taiwan does finish this year strong i don't i don't hate that answer i think it's a great approach because it's different in the playoffs that uh, your routine's different because you have a lot more demands from media and your time's different. And the, the anthem is a little bit longer. Everything is just different. And so if you've been there before, just like we talked about with Beatty, like now he knows what it's like. Yeah. It helps because you can prep for it mentally. You don't, you there's no question marks. Um, I like that. That's not, that's not a wrong answer for me either. I like that. Uh, this one comes from our very own talking baseball. They got in the mix, which I love. Okay. Uh, in your, I feel big time. Now I'm nervous. Exactly. It's a verified response. You know, who are these guys? It's crazy. It's so Hollywood. Number one, number one podcast, number one baseball podcast in, yeah, in, in the world. So. Uh, in your honest opinion, which team is better, the Mets or the Braves? And how close is it now? We got to We got to be careful here. Right? Yeah. We got to be objective. Um, which team is better? Which team is better? Is I guess it's hard to say. It's super close. It's mm-hmm. super close. I think these so there's only to me there's only I mean we can break it down by like sections of the roster if you want to do that. Well, uh, starting rotation is pretty close. Yeah. Um because Max Fried is great. Charlie Morton has shown up mm-hmm. and been nasty. So if he's back to form, we talked about experience. He's got tons of it in the playoffs. Uh, the Soroka's coming back. Yeah. Uh, Strider is nasty. Um, but I don't know if he's going to make it there. Um, yeah, man, they, they, they're good, but it's not Scherzer and DeGrom and Bassett. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a, it's comparable. I think it's the closest thing out of not only National League teams, but pretty much any MLB team. Yeah. And then the lineups go they're deep man they're deep and they've got contributions all over the place and the mets are a different style of deep um they're comparable i think i give slight edge to our rotation slight Mm -hmm. edge to their lineup i think i agree with that and then their middle of their bullpen is significantly better than ours but we have edwin diaz kenley jansen has been great this year yeah but i still i'm gonna take diaz Absolutely. I definitely so, I think I agree with everything you said. And maybe I would take the Mets defense over the Braves. I love that. I oh, yeah. But even though their their defense is really good. Right. Like, like they're really extremely good. comparable teams, and it's such a hard question to answer. Yeah, I don't know who's better. Mm-hmm. Um I'll tell you what though, it comes down to me to starting pitching, and we have Scherzer DeGrom. So that would be the difference. But they're a real legit World Series contender, one of the elite teams it's braves it's mets it's dodgers it's the astros 
And I don't know if the Yankees fit into there unless Garrett Cole writes the ship and right. decides that he wants to be an ace. I think that's what Plouffe said. I think Plouffe said he needs Did to he? be the stopper, the guy that, you know, gets you a win every fifth day. And they're going to need Clay shot. Holmes. They're going to need Clay Holmes yeah. to step back up. So, um, but it's really Braves, Mets, Dodgers, Astros for me. Yeah. Those are the, I think it's one of those three teams versus the Astros. I would be surprised yeah. if it was anything else. Um, I, I definitely think that, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's two answers for me. I think the Braves, there's a definitive argument that they have a more complete roster in terms of the length of their bullpen and the length of their lineup and the amount of starting pitching options that they have that, you know, you could slot into pretty much any game and you'd feel comfortable. But if I'm walking into a five game set or a seven game set, I still believe in our Mets, just because of exactly what you said, I think starting pitching wins championships. And if everybody's healthy, I don't think any rotation touches this one. So that's, yeah, that's what I, what I like about what our lineup does versus what the Braves lineup does. The Braves lineup has thump yeah, up and down. Um, but our lineup against Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer can carve those guys up. I don't think anyone can truly make it unscathed through our lineup when they're at their best. Yeah. Because they 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 bring a different style, like a Jeff McNeil, um, like a Brandon Nimmo, these guys that put the ball in play. Um Mark Hanna, they're gonna be polished. The Vogelback, these guys that put together ABs, they grind. They grind yeah. you. It's a style that's very good against the best pitchers in the game. It's I don't I, I love the matchups. But I like it too. They're very good, man. They're yeah. so good. Last one of the app, you done? No, let's do a couple more. Let's, right. let's zoom through a couple. Uh, from at Brother Tiger, this one's for you specifically, Jerry. What's your favorite part of Northwest Ohio from one Northwestern Ohioan to another? What's my favorite part besides, yeah. you know, family and friends that I have here? Um, the people are that. extremely great. I love I love the four seasons. I love nice. fall and spring. So the the weather right now is perfect. It's like seventy eight to eighty three every day. Um, a nice cool breeze. Uh, could get hot. Football season starting, so you can see the excitement of um, of the area because it's a big football uh, town and state. Uh, it's just a fun, beautiful place, uh, and I, I, I like this is my favorite time of year. Uh, so it's nice, nice to be home and around it. I like the four season answer. I don't think I could ever live in a place where I don't get to have fall. John, the John Boy Media office is a big fall office. We're huge proponents okay. of the season, and I feel like it doesn't get enough love. You know, when you're yeah, a kid, fall, you hate September because it's school. But... Fall in Northwest Ohio, you you know, you've got the changing of the leaves. You've got you know the the swaying of the crops that you drive by like it's just mm -hmm. a it's a beautiful time are you like a pumpkin spice guy uh i mean I, i'm not against it but i don't really like it you don't go nuts for it i okay. don't know i got you i got you although i did put some pumpkin spice in my my kids pancakes yesterday nice pumpkin i'm normally spice like pancakes? a dad and i grabbed the wrong spice rack because i'm 19 feet tall sure. and my wife puts all the spice underneath so i just like reached into where i thought it was uh, and it was pumpkin spice. I was like, you know what? What the hell? And they liked it. So, hey, happy little accident. I like that a lot for you. <laughs> uh, let's see. I found another good one before. Oh, this one's tough. This one's tough. Okay. All right. I believe postseason rosters are 26 guys. I hope I'm not mistaken by that. Um, so, let's say that Mets have nine everyday position players. They got five on the bench, five in the rotation. And that leaves you with seven spots in your Mets bullpen. Who is making the cut? For your Mets bullpen, because there's a uh, lot of choices. So Diaz, Adovino, uh, Trevor Lugo. May, Seth Lugo. That's locked. Drew okay. Smith, if he's healthy, he is. You need a, you need a punch out. You need yeah. a punch out. Um, Tyler McGill, yeah, is a wild card. And then if Peterson's not in the rotation, it's between shit. This is tough. It's, it's tough. between. It's between Peterson and Tommy Hunter for me mm. because Tommy Hunter has experience, man. There's something to that. He's not going to throw for me. He's not going to throw in a tie game or we're up one. But if we're down one or two and we want to save those back end guys, I love what Tommy Hunter brings to the plate. 
And he's not going to be intimidated by any situation, any hitter. He's got experience. He's got good stuff. Uh, I, I like that combo. So I like your answer there. I'm going to tell you who gets left off in this world. Okay. All right. Uh, in this world, there's no Trevor Williams on the postseason roster. There's no Joel A. Rodriguez on the postseason roster. Yep. And there's no Michael Givens on the postseason roster. I'm okay with that. You're you know, wrong. Trevor's a tough one. Yeah. But uh, what role is he going to serve that's 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 great for you in the playoffs? I think he's probably the, the only one I, I would switch things up on and maybe put in over Tommy Hunter, just because I don't know. What about over Peterson, if it's Peterson? Peterson's got to be there in some capacity. Over Peterson. Trevor. Uh that's so tough. It really, I think the the Mets are going to have a little bit of a conundrum with those two because I think they're going to have to pick one, right? Uh, they Trevor Williams or David role. Peterson. Trevor Williams or David Peterson. Who do yeah. you want? Who do you want? Like, look, it's a lot of it is swing and miss. Yeah, yeah. And so Trevor Williams throws tons of strikes. He's been great. He's been absolutely an, a, a huge piece of this team. But in the playoffs, you got to be able to miss some barrels. Yeah. Like you have to miss barrels. Yeah, Peterson has 97 Ks and 83 innings. T. Will has 61 and 69 innings. So there's your point in case right there. Yeah, I think it might be Peterson for me then. I think you convinced me a little bit. And, and it's so and interesting. Yeah. That uh, the Mets trade bullpen acquisition might not even make the playoff roster. It's kind of tough. It's a little. I bit mean, tough. he has it. He can still write the ship and just dominate, but. Yeah. Is got, that it or you, you got I got one last fun one. Let's do it. It's an age-old question. It's not too unique. It's from Ugin92 on Instagram. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. No. A hot dog's a hot dog. Hot dog is a hot dog. It has Thank a you. yeah, it has its own. We're not going Shannon category. and Skip here. We're not doing the long length. Yeah, no, no. It's nothing. just not it's if you call it a sandwich, I don't I mean I'm not gonna argue against it. But it doesn't. It's not. It's not a sandwich. It doesn't feel right to call it a sandwich. No, but it is uh, a beautiful food. Did you see? Uh, did you see the hot dog straw? I did see the hot dog straw. That's weird, huh? Our own uh, Jack Doyle tried it. Said it was one of the worst things he had ever. <laughs> Didn't look good. Yeah, it doesn't look good. But I, I appreciate the ingenuity. Yeah, you yeah. Gotta I, I'm it. not sure why. Something but, I would never think of as a human being. You know, I've tasted some really weird beers that probably could use a little hot dog water to make it palatable but <laughs> some ideas yeah, man good episode thank you guys so much for all the questions i enjoyed it that was nice we appreciate we'll it we'll have to do it again you know at some point yeah brought some light into kind of a, a sad episode you know but hopefully on monday a little we'll bit be of a downer but yeah we haven't had a downer in a while we need some adversity honestly. i think jay horowitz if you guys want me to be in it attack jay horowitz on attack twitter him. Be not, I mean, be nice, but you know, you know, give him an earful. Right? Let me see if he's on still on Twitter. They had when he was our is PR he? guy, dude. Jay is hilarious, like yeah. super funny. Uh, they, they made him get rid of it because his, yeah, yeah, there he is. He doesn't oh. follow me. How about that? Wow, he doesn't follow you. No wonder I didn't make the cut. Holy moly, Jerry. Uh, yeah, at, at J underscore Horowitz PR. Let him know. He does follow Talking Yanks. Which is pretty oh, nice. interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Guys, thank you. We'll see you Monday. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. <laughs>